That was good, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I would be willing to bet that just about everybody in this room, many few exceptions, has bought something online. Anybody ever bought something online? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I prefer online shopping, just so y'all know. I do. Women be shopping. You can't stop a woman. For, anyways, if you know, you know. If you don't, it's fine. Um, I, I prefer online shopping, number one, because I'm an introvert. And number two, it, it seems like every time I shop and you go, like, like all I want to do is buy the shirt. That's all I want is I want to take this shirt home and put it on me. That's all I want to do. But the lady at the cash register or the guy at the cash register, they've got a script. Hello, sir. Would you like a credit? No, I don't want a credit card. Would you like to take 10? No, I don't want 10% off. And finally, you get to the point, you know what? Charge me double for the shirt. In fact, I'll give you a 20 to stop the script right now just so I can get out of here. I, I love online shopping. Now, back in the day, we didn't have online shopping. There was no, there was no internets. In fact, Walmart's was not as big as it is right now. And, and if, you wanted to, if you wanted to shop, but you were going to order something, you had, to, you had to use this thing called a catalog. Now, some of you remember this. It's old school, right? The, the, the most popular catalog back in the day was the Sears. Yeah, we got some old people in the room. I'm with you. And you remember when you got that Sears catalog? That thing was so thick. For me, I was a kid. I turned right to the toy section, and I couldn't imagine that many toys. I was like, oh, my gosh. The wor- if I could, oh, my gosh. It was just, but then you would have to fill out the paperwork, or I grew up in Easley. There was a Sears catalog center where you walked in. They had n- nothing but people that could fill out your information for you. And then you would order it, and they would say, you'll get this somewhere between four and six weeks. That's all you got. That's it. That's it. I remember one time watching TV, and there was a record advertised. Disco Mickey Mouse was the record. And I I called the 1-800 number, and and it said, you'll get it in four to six weeks. Now, four to six weeks, when they said you got it in four to six weeks, it really wasn't four to six weeks. You could probably have three or four birthdays before the package arrives. You just never knew when it was coming. But today... You can track your package. Isn't that the coolest thing in the world? You can, you can pull up internet, and, and it doesn't matter if it's UPS or FedEx or Amazon. You can pull it up, and you can find exactly where it is. I love around Christmas. Around, around Christmas, let's be honest, how many were tracking your packages about 10 times a day, right? Because it's going to change. It's going to change. Oh, my gosh. It's not going to get here. Um, I loved I, I even love, like, DoorDash. I'll order something on DoorDash and be like, oh, shoot. Chili's is just about here. And then when it gets close, I'll run and hide because I'm an introvert. I don't want to talk to the person. I just I leave it, and the dogs will bark at them. It's great. We got some great video of DoorDash people running away from the dogs. But I, I love to track the package. Now, I live in a, in a really cool neighborhood. In fact, I love my neighbors. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I have any crazy neighbors. If I do, they'll probably show up at some point. But I, I, I live in a great neighborhood, um, which is perfect because sometimes when you put your information in, and, and it's the same address, and you'll get a notification that says your package has been delivered. This happened to me around Christmas. I ordered something for Shannon, and I went outside, and it, was, it wasn't there. 
And I was like, oh, shoot, we didn't got hit with a porch pirate. They didn't, they didn't. But, but that doesn't happen a lot in my neighborhood. So I walked around the house and didn't see the package anywhere and pulled it back in. And it's been delivered, and I was mad because it said it was there. It wasn't there, and I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. About an hour later, my neighbor knocked on my door. He's like, hey, man. I was like, I'm good. I'm good. He said, I, I think this is for you. He said, it's got, he said, it's got your name, your address, your everything. I'm like, well, I guess the driver was high or something, right? Because it's just, it's, but, but by the way, if you're a UPS driver or FedEx, right, Amazon, I can't even imagine, like, y'all, I mean, every once in a while, they're going to mess up, right? Let's show them a little grace. But that happened to me like two or three times in December. The package got delivered to the wrong place. And I'm like, how hard is it, people, to get the package to the right place? Now, all of us have probably had that experience where your package got delivered to the wrong place. But you know what? All of us have probably had that experience with God. And let me just kind of set it up like this. All of us, probably at some point, God has said, I want you to do this. And we said yes and went and did the opposite. God said, go here, and we went there. And it's like an angel in heaven tracking the package, tracking to see where you're going, and they're like, hey, God, God, Jeff is losing his mind right now. You said go to Belton, and he is in Kansas City. And that is not, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. God will say, this is what I want for you. This is what, and God makes it abundantly clear, but... Let's just be honest. There's some people in the room today, you are at a place in life you thought you would never be, and you're doing things that you thought you would never do, and it's, it's because you got off track. And the good news is, today, number one, you're not the only person that's done it. I mean, I, I know a guy. The second, it's never too late to get back on track. And we're going to see it in the story um, this week. And it, we're, we're going through this story in 2 Kings chapter 5, and, and I'm loving it so much. How many read ahead this week? Anybody read ahead? And like seven godly people. All right, that's all right. This is a second chance. We're glad you're here. This is a thing called the Bible. All right, now, last week, we, th- listen, fo- following God, sometimes we make it way more complicated than it really is. We, may, how many of you know somebody that can take something simple and make it complicated? I mean, algebra teachers, all right? I mean, they just take it, it's simple, they make it complicated. So last week, we discovered a man named Naaman who had leprosy, and, and his slave girl who was Jewish said, hey, there is a way for you to get healed. Here it is, watch this. One day, the girl said to her mistress, I wish my master would go to see the prophet in Samaria. He would heal him of his leprosy. Now, at first, this looks kind of vague. It's kind of like, I wish he would go see the redneck in Honeyapath. I mean, is there anything but? But like, like the prophet, sorry, sorry, there's some people from Honeyapath not watching online, but there's some you drove up today. We're glad you're here. The prophet in Samaria, the prophet, <laughs> the prophet in Samaria would have been a well-known person. It wasn't very vague. Everybody knew this was a reference to, to Elisha. But here's what's funny. Don't miss this. The girl said, this is where you need to go. This is who you need to see. 
Simple, yes or no? Clear, yes or no? I want you to go see the prophet in Samaria. In fact, let's just say those three words together on the count of three, just so we all got it in our minds. One, two, three, the prophet. Simple, right? But you may not believe this, but every single one of us have the ability to mess it up. Include, I, like I, I, listen, I could write a book. I am going to write a book. There we go, verse 4. So Naaman told the king what the young girl from Israel had said. In other words, he went to his boss, which is the king of Aram. Now, just, I want to point something out here. It's really important. Naaman received pretty much a word from God. This is where you need to go. This is what you need to do. Now, he went to the king to get permission. But something dangerous happens when we take something that God has put inside of us and we take it to a person who does not know about God, who does not know about his power, who does not know about his presence, that person will always try their best to send us in another direction. Oh, it's getting tense. Y'all feel that? Y'all feel it? Don't worry, it'll get, it'll get worse before it gets better. Go and visit the prophet, the king of Aaron told him. I will send a letter of introduction for you to take to the king of Israel. Pause. Did the girl say anything about a king? Yes or no? No. She said, go see the prophet. And Naaman was like, I'm going to see the prophet. And he goes and tells his boss, I'm going to see the prophet. And his boss said, great, you're going to, see, you're going to go see the king. The girl said, the prophet. The king said, the king. This is crazy. Because once again, Naaman had received a word from God, but he took that word from God to a man that didn't know God, and the man that didn't know God tried to send him in another direction. That's like dating somebody you're not supposed to date and God tells you to do something, you take it to them, they try to talk you out of it, just hypothetical. <laughs> I'm not getting a lot of amens today, but that's fine. That's, that's when you know you're preaching good. When you got a lot of amens, like, Woo! you know you're preaching good when you hear a rat fart up in the room. That's when you know it's good. People tense. So Naaman started out carrying his gifts Watch this, 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold, this is my favorite, and 10 sets of clothing. Why was he away? He was on his way out of town, looked, and TJ Maxx was having a sale, so he just ran in there because you mix and match for a couple. Of, but, but that's a lot of stuff. Did, pause, did the, did the girl mention he needed to take anything? No. But see, we don't believe that grace is free. We ultimately believe that salvation is going to cost us something. But understand that the symbol for Christianity is the cross. The cross is reminded that our debt is paid in full. Unfortunately, too many Christians have replaced the cross with a ladder, and we think it's something we're supposed to climb in order to get, to, get to God. So Naaman was like, I, I got to earn my way in. I got to buy my way in. Now, here, watch what happens here because this is fascinating. It's amazing how much we progressed thousands of years. Naaman was told to take his problem to God. And he wound up taking the problem 
to government. We about to go there. It's going to be so much fun. Now, I, 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 want, I want you to, it, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy because watch what happens. Watch what happens next. The letter to the king of Israel said, with this letter, I present my servant Naaman. I want you to heal him of his leprosy. Did the girl say that the king of Israel could heal his leprosy? No. She said, go see the prophet. But he winds up going to the king. Took his problem to government instead of God. Now, this is where some people just lose their minds. I don't think we should talk about politics. I don't know why I do that voice every time I make fun of somebody. It just... I don't know. I don't think we should talk about politics in church. Pastor P, you got to keep politics and church separate. Yeah, we've tried that for about 50 years in America. How's it going for us? Sucktastic. That's how it's going for us. This is, I understand the argument. You got to keep politics and church. I understand why people say that. But if you're going to hold to that line and you're going to be intellectually honest, then you got to go through your Bible and take out stories about Joseph, David, Moses, Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Nehemiah, Esther, um, Jesus, Paul. Like there are situations where they are clearly involved. In fact, Christianity is all about Jesus. In fact, I, this, I, I wrote this down so I wouldn't screw this up. I want you to write, Jesus did not die so he could be a part of our life. He died so he could be our life. If we try to section our life, if we try to section our life, okay, I got a little Jesus here. Show me the area where Jesus is not Lord of your life, and I will show you the area where it is the most out of control and you are experiencing the most anxiety. <laughs> Let me pause real quick because you got to do some qualifiers here. I am not the anti-government guy. Bible says pray for your leaders, and we have never needed to apply those verses. Now more than ever, right? But I want you to understand something. Um, God minus government equals chaos. Like if we didn't have government, like, I'm thankful for the government. They do some good stuff. Don't, don't, don't get too skeptical. Like, like, red lights and stop signs. Can you imagine Anderson, South Carolina, with no red lights and no stop signs, and people just said, I'm going to drive by the Spirit? God is my co-pilot. Well, that's your problem. He should be in the driver's seat, idiot. That's, I mean, that's a... Like I'm thinking, or, 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 or let's, get, let's get more real. What if you knew for a fact you could kill somebody and get away with it? There, there were no repercussions. Nobody was going to arrest you. Nobody was going to show up. You would not be prosecuted. You could absolutely kill somebody and there were no consequences. This would be a messed up place to live. I mean, the government's got some good stuff going. I'm not the anti-government guy. I don't think you throw the baby out with the bathwater. I mean, I'm not the anti-government. But I also, some people go, well, if you get too much, if you get too much religion in the government, you'll have the crusades. Okay, let me pause. Really sorry about the crusades. It's a perfect example of Christians missing the point. That was like a thousand years ago. Can we get a little grace on that one, huh? Because I believe that the government minus God equals tyranny. 
For those that really do believe that government and God should be separate, well, we tried that last century. In fact, there were three major leaders that held to the idea that there was no God. They were atheists. Their names were Adolf Hitler, Joseph Stalin, and Mao Zedong. And between the three of those men, somewhere between 50 and 75 million people lost their lives. That's what you get. That's what you get when you get government minus God. But we do this. We, we take problems that are serious problems, and we think the government's going to solve it instead of God. Let's take something that's super non-controversial, and everybody will be able to relax once I say this word. Racism. Now, newsflash. I am white. Just so I know somebody was wondering. I know somebody was wondering. I am white. My dad's side of the family came from Ireland, um, Irish people, we, we are like extra white, right? We, we step out in the sun and just explode during the summer, all right? My mom's side of the family, not sure where they came from. I just know after meeting some of my cousins that the family tree don't branch a lot, all right? So that's all I'll say about my mom's side of the family. You go on Ancestry.com and it's just like, you know, so. Y'all think I'm making this up. I was born in 1971. And racially, 1971, it was a very different country than it is today. Now, while, while I am white, I would say that it's way different today than it was. I think it's, I think it's better than it was. In, is it where it needs to be? Dear God, no. But about four or five years ago, about four or five years ago, the government became way more involved in the conversation regarding racism. Would you agree, yes or no? Yes. Has it gotten better or has it gotten worse? Yeah, it's gotten worse. And the reason it's gotten worse is because racism isn't a skin problem, it's a sin problem. And you can pass rules and regulations and write laws and you can change the law, but only Jesus Christ can change the heart and mind of somebody who looks down on another person. It's always blown my mind like that a, and I just, I, that a white person would look down on a black person. It's blown my mind. Because you didn't choose to be white. You didn't choose that. It's crazy that we would look down on somebody because they're another race, like we're better than them. It's insane. It's a sin problem. Jesus has to change the heart and mind. Like, I'll, we'll, loosen, we'll loosen up a little bit. Let's just, let's just talk about COVID. <laughs> I love when we, you go to one of them feel-good churches, uh-uh, no, I got rich at my church, huh? Yeah, I got rich. How'd you get rich? The pastor talks about some tense subjects. <laughs> I sat on some coal, squeezed so hard I got a diamond out of it. That's, that's, that's the kind of church I go to. I don't know where this comes from. I didn't do this in the first service. Oh, yeah, COVID. Now, I want to just put it out there. I'm an expert on COVID. If some of the people on TV today can call themselves experts, I can call myself an expert. 
I've, I've had COVID twice and I've been vaccinated. Shannon, my wife, has had COVID twice and been double vaccinated. Okay? Now, I'm just, they're, they're, listen, there are godly people on both sides of the argument. I just want to put this out there for consideration. Does anyone in the room feel that at any point during this COVID pandemic that the government has mishandled the situation just by hand raise? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Just, I'm just asking for a friend. Have they lied or misled you in any way, shape, form, or fashion through this process? Anybody feel, okay, I'm just asking, because you remember at first they said don't mask. Then they said mask. Then they said double mask outside. Y'all remember when they had us scrubbing our Amazon packages? We would order fabric softener online, and we'd have to scrub the fabric softener before we brought it in the house, because we don't, everybody gets the COVID. They said, get the vaccine, you won't get COVID. They said, if you get the vaccine and COVID, don't worry, you won't go to the hospital. Then they said, if you get the vaccine and get COVID, you go to the hospital, don't worry, you'll, you won't die. So they, somebody's messed this up. At some point, we, we, we've been, now I know there's somebody here, what about all the people that are dying of COVID? I am with you. Are you that passionate about 3,000 babies getting murdered every day? Let me pause, let me pause, let me pause, let me pause for all you pro-choicers out there. I'm glad you're here. I really am. I'm glad you're here. This is a great church for you to come to. I want you to understand abortion never has been about choice. In fact, if, and you don't have to take my word for it, you can do the research yourself. The abortion industry just in America alone makes between 3 and $3.5 million a day. It's never been about choice. It's always about the money. Wait, wait another 10 years when all the COVID information comes out. Somebody's getting rich. Somebody's getting real rich. Somebody got mad at me and wrote an article. It was funny. Why you shouldn't take COVID advice from a pastor. I almost wrote an article back going, why you shouldn't take COVID advice from a journalist. They, they hooked us, they hooked us, didn't they? Had us freaked out in our houses, like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I, I, I had Delta and Omicron, but I'm not leaving because I might get the Dodecagon and I'm just not going to live. I mean, <laughs> now the reason I bring this up is very simple. In the, in the scriptures, when we see something like this happen to a nation, God's not necessarily trying to punish that nation, He's trying to get their attention. Because at the end of the day, God is our healer, and God is our peace, and God is our provider, and God is our protector. And if we would quit depending on politicians to, to do what God promised he would do, maybe we could be in a better place. Just a thought. We don't even need to talk about defund the police, do we? No, we will. Let me go ahead and say it. I didn't say it in the last service. <laughs> we heard from government leaders, national government leaders, last year 
defund the police. Did we hear it? Yes or no? They got involved in local policing and local politics. And maybe that's why last year we saw more police officers murdered on the job since 1993. That's a problem. By the way, let me pause. If you are a police officer, first responder, fire, work for the fire department, thank you so much for putting your life on the line every single day. Fired up. All the people screaming, defund the police, and got private security for days. Hypocrite. I just now, now I'll, I'll lay off the government for a second because we do that. God will say, "Hey, go here," and we go here. God will say, "Don't go to that house because the people in that house do that habit that you've got to get away from." So don't go to that house, and we'll go to that house. God will say, "Don't date that person because that person will lead you down that road," and we date that person thinking that maybe we can pull. Maybe okay, God, I'm on on you on this one. I'm smarter than you. We miss it. God says go here and we go here. And then if you've done that right now, you probably feel like, okay, don't, don't, nobody look at me. Because you, like, I've done this before. We've all done this before. Watch what happens. When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes in dismay. Now, let me pause. Back in the day, back in this day, when they got upset, they tore their clothes. See, today we put our fist through the wall, we throw our phone, or we send a mean tweet, or a mean whatever. Aren't you glad that we don't tear our clothes when we get mad anymore? Because I'd walk out of Walmart naked every time. <laughs> Just standing in line, you're like, Y'all get a little bit more material at the 11 o'clock service. <laughs> Towards closing this maze, said, am I God that I can give life and take it away? Why is this man asking me to heal someone with leprosy? I can see that he's just trying to pick a fight with me. Can you believe there was a time in the world where politicians would accuse other politicians of just trying to pick a fight? I know, we've came so far. Praise God. So can we say, can we accurately say, and we don't even have to be a Bible scholar to agree on this, that when the king of Israel heard what Naaman wanted, he freaked out. Yes or no? And we've all done that. We've all freaked out. We've all lost our minds. In fact, some of us, we've, we've gone down a rabbit hole in our mind. Happened to me a few weeks ago. When I go to bed, I want it cold in the house. It's got to be cold. It's got to be cold, 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 cold. Because you can... Put, you can only take so many clothes off, but you, but you got blankets and all this other stuff. So, so Shannon and I have agreed on the temperature. And I went to bed one night, and you know, I cut the thermostat down. I went to bed. And she, we're sleeping. I woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning, and I was sweating. And I'm not talking about like a little sweat. I'm talking about like, dear God, I'm having a party, and my parents just came home sweat, all right? I mean, I'm sweating like crazy. And I was like, I'm, well, I am 50, you know what they say about people to turn 50? You just start making stuff up. And so I got up and I, 
you know, went in the restroom, came out, lay back down, and, and I, I kept sweating. And now all of a sudden, I started, my heart started beating fast. And then I did something I am not proud of and I do not recommend. I got my phone out and I went to WebMD. <laughs> Within 15 minutes, I diagnosed myself with terminal COVID cancer, brain aneurysm, stroke, heart attack. I mean, I was, I was like, what am I supposed to do? And oh my gosh. And, I, I got to get the, okay, we, I know where the will, you know, I'm, oh, I don't want to wake Shannon up, but should I text her and say, if I'm, if you wake up and I'm dead, I'm sorry. Um, like, I'm, <laughs> like, you, you've done this before, right? You freak out. I woke up and that morning, I got up super early, about five o'clock I went and the temperature was not where I said it the night before. Huh. Shannon came in, she's all like, good morning, how are you? I was like, I'm not that good. She said, why? I said, well, the temperature, is, it's supposed to be set. And she went, oh, I am so sorry, babe. She said, I, I was in here last night, and I cut it up a little bit, for a, and I, I, cut, I forgot to cut it back down. And then I was like, she's trying to kill me. <laughs> now, now, my mind, you, but you know what I'm saying? I didn't really. But your mind can go places because you freak out. The reason the king of Israel freaked out and tore his clothes is because he was not aware of the power and the presence of God. And when we become unaware of God's power and God's presence, the natural result is to freak out. In fact, back during the, back during the shutdown, we were shut down for like 12 weeks, we did a series called I'm Not There Yet. And it's actually one of my favorite things I've ever taught through because we took some popular passages of scripture and, and, we, and I just read them and I said, yeah, I'm not there yet. And this is one of them that I covered because this is so, it's so great. This is for everybody in the room going through a tough time. This is great. Watch this. Watch this. This is awesome. Do not be anxious about anything. Better? That worked, didn't it? Has that ever really worked? You're like freaking out, like you're shaking, freaking out. Hey, Bible says don't be anxious about anything. Oh my gosh, you are amazing. Start a business. Write a book. Just title it, Do Not Be Anxious About Anything. It'll be a bestseller. That is the most, like, have you ever, like, there are very few. I'm not going to say any. There are very few people who wake up doing, going, dear God, let me freak out today. In Jesus' name, Amen. I don't want this. But in every situation, by prayer and petition. How many times is our first reaction to pray about it? I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Like for me, less than, I like, I know God, I know, but then something happens. It, we, we, become, we, we become temporary atheists. We forget all about him. Um, present your request to God. And the peace of God, oh my, if you could, if somebody could bottle up the peace of God and sell it, would you buy some of that? Uh Uh-huh. I would buy it, and I don't care what I had to do to get it in my, I would drink it, I would smoke it, I would snort it, give me some of that peace. God, put some of that peace in my pipe, God, I'll smoke that, right? I'm talking second chance language to just get to my people. Like, this is great advice, but I'm going to go ahead and tell y'all. 
just looking at this, I'm not there yet. I still get anxious. I still forget to pray. I still have times where I don't have the peace of God in my life, and I didn't understand because sometimes you'll meet somebody that's so heavenly-minded, they're no earthly good, and they'll Bible bomb you with this scripture when you're going through a tough time. And it doesn't make it better. It makes it worse. So how do you deal with this? Well, for me, I'm going to tell you what happened to me that unlocked this passage not too long ago. Philippians was not written like... Philippians chapter 1, verse 1, verse 2, verse 3. It was originally written as a letter by a guy named Paul who was in prison, and he wrote it to a church that he started in Philippi. And it did not have chapters, and it did not have verses. In fact, the Bible did not have chapters until the 1200s, and it did not have verses until the 1500s. Um, and, and those were put in to help us locate the Scriptures. So it's a great thing. But originally, this was one letter. And what got me is when I started reading through with that mindset, the re, like, how could Paul say this? Well, because <laughs> he wrote it in prison. If I'm in prison, I'm anxious. And here's the author. And it, it's very simple. It goes back to what's said right before this verse. It's the key. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Watch this. The Lord is near. The Lord is near. Even if you're not pursuing him, he's pursuing you. And what can happen when we understand that the Lord is near? Then we don't have to be anxious about anything because he's near. And we can pray and we can give him thanksgiving because he's just right next to us. And his peace will cover us even when all hell is breaking loose around us. See, when, when, when we're unaware of the presence of God, we'll go to places that we said we would never go and do things that we said we would never do and we'll freak out and melt down. And that's what is happening to Naaman. He went, he went to the wrong place. Now he's got the naked king of Israel freaking out and tearing his clothes off. And he's like, I was, okay, well, I don't even know what's happening right now. But watch what happens next. But when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, we don't know, he was probably watching TikTok and saw him with his clothes all torn in dismay, he sent a message to him, why are you so upset? In the Hebrew, it actually says, boy, put your clothes back on. I just made that up. That's not true. Why, why are you so upset? Send Naaman to me, and he will learn that there is a true prophet here in Israel. Watch, this is my favorite part. So Naaman went to his house, and with, Naaman went with his horses and chariots and waited at the door of Elisha's house. Can you see Naaman pulling up? <laughs> now let me pause real quick and say this, and I'm going to get back to the story. Next week, we're going to talk about Naaman's healing. Next week is going to be a, what I call a salvation message. Next week's going to be that message, and this happens. I've preached messages before, and I've had people come up to me, and they say, oh, my gosh, I wish I would have known you were preaching on salvation specifically. I would have brought my friend. I would have brought my cousin. I would have brought my, my dad or my uncle or whatever. I'm telling you, listen to me. Next week, if you have someone in your life 
that does not know Christ do whatever it takes to get them in this building next week because I believe Jesus is going to save a lot of people. That's what we're praying for. That's what we're believing for. And so if you know somebody that don't know Christ, get them here. It's going to be amazing. Back to verse 18 though. But when Elisha, the man of God, heard the king of Israel torn his clothes, he sent a message to like, send Naaman here. Now let's talk about Naaman for a second. Naaman is not a good guy. Naaman is a murderer. He, he's a warrior. He's killed Jewish people. He's not a believer in God. He doesn't even respect God. And yet, here we see this young girl who we don't even know her name say, if you'll, go, if you'll go to Samaria and see the prophet, he'll heal you. He's got an opportunity to experience something that, that's miraculous. But he goes to the wrong place and asks the Now, if you're God, if you're God, do you, have, let me back it up. Have you ever lost your patience with anybody? My gosh, I meet people sometimes that I ain't never cussed. Well, you ain't never house trained a pet. <laughs> you ain't never had a baby. You ain't never been married, hello. I mean, like, like I'm, I'm glad you're that godly. But we've all been frustrated with things. The thing, can, you, can you imagine if you tell somebody have you ever told your kid, don't do that, and they do it? Nobody goes, oh, my gosh, I just love you so much. Can you imagine God? He's like, Naaman, I gave you very clear, specific instructions. Go to the prophet in Samaria, but you go to the king in Israel. I, you could almost expect God to say, Naaman, Forget you, man. I am done with you. You messed up. You, you got it wrong. But aren't you glad that two of the words that describe God in the scriptures are patient and kind? Patient and kind. 2 Peter 3.9 says it's because of his it's his patience that he hadn't even came back yet. I meet people sometimes and they go, why, if you believe in Jesus, why hadn't he came back yet? It's because he loves you too much to go to hell and he wants, you to see, he wants to see you get saved. He's patient. And watch this. He's not trying to get Naaman back. He's trying to bring him in. Even though Naaman had messed up, as much, even more, than, than many of us in this room have messed up. God, through Elisha, said, Naaman, you can still get healed. You went to the wrong place. You went to the wrong person. And I still want you to get healed. There are people in this room you've you've you're at the wrong place spiritually and you're wondering is it too late it's not too late god still has a plan he reminds me of this from time to time cuz i forget it oh i can believe god's grace for you it's easy but how, 
Isn't that true? We can believe God's grace for somebody else, but we have a difficult time believing it for us. But I was reading through the book of Isaiah in my personal quiet time a few weeks ago. And listen, if you're going to read through the book of Isaiah, I mean, it's a commitment. Like, you've got to be in. It's 66 chapters, and Isaiah is, I mean, he just goes off. Isaiah would be canceled by the mainstream media, all right? He is saying some very unpopular things. But a few weeks ago, I was, ah, tough week would be a good description. Just tough week. God, am I doing the right thing? Is this the right thing? God, I guess kind of struggling. And I read this verse. In that day, the Lord will reach out his hand a second time. God gave Naaman a second chance. God gave me a second chance. God wants to give you a second chance. There's nobody in this room that has outran the grace of God or outsend the cross. His grace, it really is amazing. My hope and prayer for us today is that we would be more aware of his presence than ever before. And in his presence, we would allow him not to get us back, but to bring us back. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, God, I just want to, I just want for our hearts to be right in front of you. God, for the person in this room that feels abandoned, neglected, God, whether we chose to walk away or whether we drifted accidentally, Father, I pray for the person in this room that just knows they're not where they're supposed to be. They're not doing what they, they have gone to the wrong place and sought out the answers with the wrong people. Jesus, that today we would say, Jesus, I'm, I'm coming back. You are Lord. God, that we would understand that we have never walked alone. That even when we forgot you, you didn't forget us. And your grace is drawing us. Your grace will keep us. Your grace will hold us. Thank you, Jesus, that we've never walked alone, that you're with us today. Jesus, thank you so much that we have never walked alone. Even when we went to the wrong place with the wrong people, you were still there drawing us to you. With heads bowed and eyes closed right now this morning, I want, you, I want you to make where you're standing right now just a personal altar. And if you know you're not where you're supposed to be, you're not doing what you're supposed to do, you just talk to Jesus right where you stand. Jesus, I need, I need you to bring me back. Jesus, lead me. Jesus, I surrender. Jesus, I am yours. Maybe you're here this morning, you've never prayed to receive Christ. You've never asked Jesus into your life. And you're like, oh, yeah, we're going to do that next week. Nuh-uh, we're going to do it today for many of you. You, need, you know you need to accept Christ in your life. 
And if that's you, you want to give your life to Jesus, you want to live for Jesus, you want, you want him to be your Savior and Lord, then right where you stand right now, I want to invite you to pray and ask him into your heart. Just pray this prayer in your heart. Just say, Jesus Christ, I know that I'm a sinner and I need you as my Savior. I believe you died on the cross and you rose from the grave to pay for my sins. And right now, Jesus, I receive you into my life. Take over, be Lord in Jesus' name. But he's still bowed and I'm still closed. If you just prayed that prayer, do me a favor and put your hand straight up in the air and just hold it. Just hold it up in the air. Amen. 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 Hold it up in the air. If you're online, do the hand raise emoji. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you, but I feel led. I feel led to say this by the Spirit. I did not do this in the last service. This is totally unique to this service. There's somebody in this room today. God, this is strong. You've said that prayer every single week for the past three, four, five, six, seven, eight weeks. You need to know today, number one, Jesus heard you. Number two, you haven't been raising your hand, but this week it's going to become public that you've given your life to Jesus. Somehow, some way, you're going to talk about it. Somehow, some way, you're going to share. I don't know who I'm talking to, but you know who you are. If that's you, just, just let us know. Just You can swing by the first-timers area and tell me that was you. I, I would love to meet you. But somebody in this room, that's God's word straight to your heart. Father, thank you right now in the name of Jesus that you love us enough to get so personal. Thank you so much, Jesus, today for the hands that were lifted in the last service and in this service and online. Thank you for the people that you're going to save next week. Thank you for the people that you saved today. Thank you for the people, Jesus, that you drew back to you today. Father, may we know it's never too late as long as there's air in our lungs. And for those that gave their life to you, may they know that, the, that death has become life, old has become new, lost has been found and may you get the glory for it all we love you jesus we thank you in this place in your name we pray everybody agreed and said amen and amen hey are you glad you came to church today me too we'll see y'all back next sunday god bless have a great week